podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi and welcome to the Nina Kowser Show. The first win for the Reds of 2019, 1-0 against Brighton at the Amex. It wasn't easy viewing, but we'll take the three points all day, every day. And the Reds finally have a little bit of a healthy lead on top of the on top of the table. Seven points now. So over to you, Wolverhampton. Do us a favour. And you know, there's um plenty to discuss. I will be producing this live show. I will be hosting it. So it might be a little bit off. I do apologize. Gags is on his jolly holly holidays again. I'm left alone. But I I have a caller. We'll have lots of interaction with our live subscribers on, on Discord and of course the Pierre Resistance. It would not be an Ina Kaza show without two awesome guests. So you know what? The man who has the winning record or the winning streak, I'm sticking with that. So first up, I am joined by Joe Cuzzy. Cuzzy, welcome back. Hello. I shouldn't nice stress, should I, when nice, I know you're nice. the guest? <laughs> Go on. I shouldn't stress when you're the guest. You know, it's an easy three points, right? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I was stressing. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that um, uh, as as the pod progresses and the show progresses. And joining Cuzzy, well, you know what? It just seems like yesterday I was in Birmingham hanging out, breaking naan bread with this dude. It's Sri Kant Bala. Sri, welcome back to the Nina Kauser Show. Hey, thanks, Nina. Been a long way. <laughs> It has been a long while, certainly with you podcasting with me. I mean, I only saw you yesterday and that was pretty fucking awesome. It's like I'm like your chips. If you can't get anyone, you should get me. Yeah, you, you are. You, you, you're, you're, you're my you're my you're my perfect golden sticks carby fix when it comes to podcasting. But guys, we won. We're happy. Um, I I asked some of the um, uh, the subscribers on AI Pro on Discord to let us know how you're feeling. So, um, Hefty Horse Simon said relieved. Brett says any three points is a beautiful thing. Chris LFC eight two three very relieved. Thought we could have been more clinical. Trent um, looked like he struggled a bit early on with that knock. 3.7 clear, we're winning the league. Very optimistic, I love that. Josh, Josh Ocampo, hard-fought win. Um, watched Hendor Claus today, play too safe. Is reliable on the ball, but holds onto the ball for far too long. But a win and three points. And Rowan says, tough place to go and win pretty uh, good three points. Okay, so we've got some reaction there. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to get the initial reaction from my from my guests and then we have a caller lined up. So Shri, I mean, first win, um, how did you feel after that? Do you share some of the sentiments? Because I think Simon hit the nail on the head for me. It was kind of really, I was relieved and I kind of thought, you know what, these lads need to get back to that winning streak, that went winning mentality again. And it was good for them. That's how I felt. I, I think, uh, as you said, at least amongst the subscriber base, the overwhelming feeling seems to be of relief. Mm. Uh, I was quite convinced. I think the fixture 
was a tough fixture let's not forget brighton have the best home record uh, outside of the top 6 mm. so and th- before this the last time they hadn't scored at home was last season like 10 months ago so they always score at home they are they are tough to win against at, at mx stadium so obviously this was a, it, it it's not a top six fixture but if you wanted a tough fixture outside the top six this was practically it and even early in the season at home we just got through with the 1-0 win uh, so considering that i think i think we weren't under threat any moment in terms of defensively this was almost like your early season game like a first half early season game where we were pretty efficient not clinical not pretty to watch not free flowing at least until the second half started the first half was almost like a training session where we just kept the ball without wanting to do anything so in that manner i would say it was an efficient not pretty to watch but ultimately as uh, brett said uh, three three points was what we needed and three points is what we got absolutely and what about yourself cozy i know you're a man of many words but you know if you could you know <laughs> synchronize how you're feeling to a sentence there's a there's a challenge for you yeah that that's too difficult a challenge um <laughs> um well the, the relief word is is definitely the the the, the over, going to be the overwhelming theme throughout the podcast i reckon um yeah i i wasn't very comfortable um mm. watching that so when the final whistle went yeah I, it was a it was a more of a of a sense of relief rather than a fist pump and um and 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 being giddy and excited um uh, was just more of a puff of the, puff of the cheeks and thank god that's over <laughs> and if that's yeah. what's to come for the remaining 16 games oh my god i don't know if i could handle it <laughs> yeah you know what um we'll get into that but the end of that game kind of reminded me of like the liverpool of last season you know holding on for dear life but that gets um Unfortunately, I think your sound is a little off so we're going to move on. Um Shamik, are you there? Yes, Nina. Oh, a caller who has good sound. Apologies about gag sound there people. Um he is at an airport and we all know the Wi-Fi is dreadful. But Shamik, welcome back to the Nina Kaza show. Um want to get your thoughts what do you want to share with the panel? Floor's yours. first reaction you know it was a job done maybe not well done but a job done mm-hmm. and as soon as the final whistle went i you know typed the same thing in the uh, you know uh, brighton chat and at least three or four other people had posted the exact same thing so i guess job done three points in the bag that is a common sentiment for all of us now on to the next one mm mm-hmm. you know it might seem a bit cheesy to quote uh, steven gerard uh, from that in you know in famous uh, run in but uh, we go again right it's uh, on to the next three points it is absolutely on to the next three points well shamik i think you've kind of um, summarized exactly what every liverpool fan is sort of feeling guys if you're joining us live just now we want to know your thoughts how do you feel about the result the performance let us know your thoughts your takeaways from the game and um we can definitely discuss that um yes shamika me you're absolutely spot on there i think it's pretty much what every liverpool fan has been feeling i mean cozy i'm going to come to you i mean just to touch on what shamika said so vital and so crucial for liverpool to actually win that game after two you know defeats i know the fa cup it looked like we weren't ready us but you know that that loss against man city and anything other than a win today 
reduces our lead on top. So it's really important to kind of apply that pressure back onto City, you know, given the fact that we had the advantage of playing first. We need to take, exactly. you know, that into consideration, right? Yeah, I mean, you want to put the pressure back onto City and you also mm. want to prove to yourself that, you know, the defeat against City and the defeat in the Cup was just, you know, just one-offs, just just blips really, rather than a run of bad bad form. Um, you don't want confidence to be taking any hits at this this time of the season, and um, you know we've had previous years where we've had we've had a good run and then it's been you know it's been ended with a with a you know with a bad result, and then it's taken a few weeks to sort of to to get going again. We've had seasons like that, some seasons where we've been challenging for the league and and, and we've you know we've we've slipped up over a longish period of time, but it was really important that you know that doesn't happen this year because I think we all think. You know, it's good. There's going to be small margin for error if we want to win this league. So um, it was really good to just, you know, get back on it. Um, and yeah, as you said, put the pressure back on City. You know, establish that lead again to seven points, and then over to them. Absolutely. And Shri, I'm going to come to you because Kuzi said something. Then he goes like, you know, it was, you know, it's important to kind of win. And he said, you know, not have that blip. And I always find that Liverpool do tend to have a blip round about this time. And the blip usually happens when we're injury-ridden, which we are. So it's good that we've actually won a game, you know, despite all the injuries and all the crisis around the centre-back. And, you know, to some degree, there were some scares about Trent Alexander-Arnold, who also looked quite, you know, he looked quite ropey in the first half. He looked quite injured. So very important, given all those circumstances as well. Absolutely. So when you're in the lead in the title race, you you want to just keep going forward. So obviously, one more win means... Three points is obviously one thing, but one lesser match to play, three lesser points to compete against. So you always want to be ahead in this race. Yeah. And you always want to keep putting in pressure. I think it's it's an important point. January has always been a struggle for Klopp, at least till now. And uh, I think the defense has been the, obviously the key differentiator because uh, let's not forget, we for- lost against City, but we didn't play badly. We played quite well, in fact. And we lost. But as Kazi said, a loss could always take away that confidence because you had this confidence, whatever will happen, we would win. And that was the stage like half of the season. So it was important. How do we react to a loss, uh, especially after playing well? If you didn't play well, okay, you could put it off saying we didn't play well. But playing well and still lost, it would. It was an interesting thing to see how we would react. But this is where the defense has helped. He, he, we have struggled before in January because we would concede something, but the forwards would just not score. And now we have this fallback of a defense where we know even if if the strikers are off form, worst case, we do get a draw because we just do not concede. And I think that has been the key turnaround this season, throughout the season. But obviously, I think that's going to be the big differentiator to ensuring we have the first good January under Klopp. Hello. I think Nina's on mute. Sorry, apologies. I was on mute. Uh, Shamik, I'll just bring you in there. <laughs> this is what happens when you're live recording people and you're by yourself. Gags normally 
tells me what to do. He's so important. I'm live on air telling you that I am falling apart with guys standing on the live show. But Shami, I'm going to bring you in. You've heard what the lads have said to your response about, you know, the relief and getting the three points. Anything you'd like to add? <laughs> I am not taking selfies, DP. I'm not. I look like shit today. Um, Shami, I'll bring you back in. Nina, you know, just I am absolutely, you know, I agree with uh, what Sri just said. Uh, I before coming on air, I was looking at our twenty seventeen, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen season, right? And uh, we were uh, number one going into Christmas, and then it all fell apart uh, during that festive period and in January, right? And I, I guess we won just one match in the entire month of January. There were a lot of games there. We were, you know, hard pressed for. Uh, personal and you know Klopp at that point wasn't rotating this season all of a sudden you look at the schedule just four games in January that's a huge difference especially when you factor in the injuries the defensive crisis that we have and I'll probably come to you know Trent uh, uh, momentarily you know uh, with only one fit central defender in the team I think it was very important that we get across the line and maybe as you know matip and lovren and gomez come back i think uh, we'll be more secure at the back and uh, trent you know leading up to the game when he went down uh, you know klopp was just talking in the post match uh, you know interview with sky and he was mentioning that you know even though trent started they were not sure whether he was going to be able to continue and bilner was warming up so we were i would say literally minutes away from a huge full blown defensive crisis so crisis averted mm-hmm. on uh, and uh, you know three points closer to the target absolutely well shamik thank you so much for calling <clears throat> i'm hoping somebody else calls in but thank you so much and enjoy your weekend because there's nothing worse than liverpool playing on a saturday and that potential that they might ruin it for you so you enjoy the rest of your weekend sir All of a sudden, there is no midweek games to look forward to, Nina. What I'm, I'm glad the boys need a rest. Trust me, I want to enjoy the win because I felt like in December they were happening so quick that I couldn't enjoy them. Like the United game happened, then I had to be prepared for the Napoli game. Was it? You know, like there was sorry, not the Napoli game. Um, the Champions League, a um, draw, and we had a uh, Bayern Munich. I just felt like in December I couldn't enjoy a win, and I, I want to enjoy them now. So I'm quite happy, and the lads need a rest as well with all the injuries. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy it guys enjoy it we are on yep. top of the league absolutely yeah. right you know what we we have some discussion points so you know what Cozy I'm going to come to you first on this one it's Steve P he goes nice to get the job done Robbo looked great but Trent Alexander-Arnold um apart from his cross and the odd pass what did you what did the panel make of that and um and would you have taken him off because i think there was a lot of discussion and lots of talk on twitter that he injured himself um pre kick off or he went over the ball or something and he did he was his movement was a little off and i was really worried that even though he gave the medical team the all clear that yes i'm good to play i felt like he was moving a little off i want to get your thoughts on this so cuzy i will come to you first on that one yeah he looked he looked as if he was playing first gear um i don't remember too many all out sprints and um especially in the first 20 minutes half an hour or so he looked like he was reluctant to put his foot through the ball a lot of mm. clip passes 
Um, and his movement, you know, didn't look great. Um, and at the time I was wondering, why, why is he out on the pitch if he's not fit, you know? Um, and why did he start, you know, if, 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 he's, if he's injured himself, especially a knee injury where, you know, you can't really run off. If you've, if you've injured your, your knee or a ligament in your knee, you can't really run it off, can you? Um, no. You're only really going to do more damage. So if that was the case, um, I, I was wondering why he hadn't already been subbed. But he seemed to get better and better throughout the game. Like the more he got warm, um, he looked, a lot, looked a bit more comfortable. It wasn't a vintage um, Trent performance, but he looked, you know, more into the game, especially second half. He did look, he did look comfortable, and he and he looked like he was running a bit freer um, in the latter stages. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was a concern. <laughs> it was a concern because you know you don't want two midfielders in your back four, um, even though Milner's played fullback, um, you know, many times before. It's something you just don't want. You don't want to give Brighton, a, a, you know, a, and also a, let's not forget Milner has had two quite. Bad, like he looked really injured against Man City, and I thought he was quite poor against West Brom. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not at his fittest himself. He? He, he, exactly. So, um, yeah. You know, I mean, you can say injury crisis, but as long as Van Dyke's there, you always sort of <laughs> you've, you've always got that. So it, it looks like he could sort of talk anyone through a game. Even he probably even I could play left back Liverpool at the moment. Um, you know what, because he cleaned up them football, <laughs> he clean, you dust off those shin pads yeah, and get those football boots so, ready because yeah. you never know. <laughs> exactly. Um, but um, but it, it's good that he got through the game and hopefully um, he's not done any lasting damage and it, it's, I'm, I'm just hoping that he's not out. I, I haven't seen any interviews from Klopp or anything after the game. I'm just hoping he's um, he'll be all right now going forward. Oh, for sure, for sure. Okay, so there's been some reaction to Trent Alexander-Arnold. Simon Hefty Horse says Trent nearly saved the... Um, nearly saved the three points at the end with that interception. Uh, Jamsol said the, the crocked Trent Alexander-Arnold is better than a Hendo, sorry. Um, so there's lots of talk. Um, Shri, your thoughts on Trent Alexander-Arnold today? What did you make of him? I think it, it was quite clear he was unfit at least at the beginning of the game. But as Steve, Steve P also is... Mentioning something which I thought about the game that we were actually looking to avoid giving the ball to Trent at least initially because his involvement was quite less. It, at least I felt like that in the first 20-25 minutes where uh, we were trying to keep him outside the game. But it looks like half-time maybe they did another sort of... Some, it looked like an ankle strain or a twist. And I think the half-time helped us because it, it, it's quite clear he looked far more fitter. I don't know what we did. Uh, after the halftime, but he looked. There was one sprint race where we had, I think, was it with Locaria? I think where he, he, that was his only sprint I can recollect. But he was on full pace there, and it looked quite okay there. So hopefully, nothing much to worry. And as Heftyos uh, said, that touch, though he didn't intend it to be that faint of touch, but actually that small interception actually put Locaria away. So that was a huge in terms of us getting three points. So uh, overall, okay, we got away with a clean sheet. So halfway. Trent got away with the clean sheet. I think that should be okay. Absolutely. And like we said, he's got a long time to recover. And this is why I love not having midweek games. But you know what? Somebody who is hell-bent and persistent on being on the Nina Kauser show, so much so that he is going to try again. Gags, is your internet sorted? I think so. Can you all hear me? Oh, gosh, you sound better than me. Where are you? I'm sitting outside Weatherspoons in Birmingham Airport. That's where I am, and I'm just, I'm just actually downloading the first half 
off ready to do some pressing stuff if I can before I forget the flight, but uh, save me doing anything on holiday for a week or so. Anyway, um, I was just wondering if you, you talked about, you know, the, the importance of the win and, and basically how we shouldn't focus really on, on the performance because I just, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right now, after losing two games in a row, well, I don't think that was a big deal anyway. People are getting a bit too hung up. Everyone I've met in the last week has been like, oh, you lost two games now. It's, it's time, you know, this is it. You're going you're gonna to shit your pants. I've just been like, well, okay, you've got no context and you're just talking shit, so I'm not going to talk to you. So ignore these people. Anyway, um, moving on from that, I, the, the importance was to get three points. And I keep saying it until every, I'm going to be blue in the face. These next four games now, just one at a time. The importance is three points, three points, three points, three points. After mm-hmm. that, 12 games to go. And then it's just, that's the running. That Absolutely. is fucking running. And how exciting would that be if we could just eke out these one nils? Give me, give me own goals like Fulham got today or gave away. Give me own goals. I don't care if no one scores. As long as we win, own goals will do. I just want three points. This is it. The desperation is real. Absolutely. And I don't care about fucking cup games. I know because he's here. Because he, I give two fucking shits about the cup. Honestly, mate. Sorry, but I just do. We're at the cup now, so um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm getting on a flight. I might have been upgraded to business. I'm, I'm, I'm Liverpool. Whatever, Steve <laughs> P here. He's called me out for taking selfies. He's called you out as well. He's basically said the improvement of your Wi-Fi is down to the fact that you've hopped into the pilot seat and you were calling in via air traffic control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish, but no, because I mean I, I, that conversation we had, it'd be an interesting one now and. At the end of the day, surely you understand. This is this is important. This is the important thing. Oh, of course, I absolutely get it. I absolutely get it. You know where where I I am wary is putting all your eggs in one basket, ending up with nothing. You know. Um, but aren't we the team? That, that's all we can do, though. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we don't have a squad. You admitted it earlier and on Twitter. We just don't yeah, have a squad I mean, to go for everything. In, in terms of going for free trophies, we don't have the squad to do it. Even Champions League, I don't think we do. And it's because of the, you know, the two-legged format. FA Cup, um, if we were still in it, you know, I'd be happy. Um, you know, I think we, are, we do have a strong enough squad to win the FA Cup and League double. But because we're in Europe as well, it's a tall order. So at the moment, I'm over it. I'm over the FA Cup. We're out of it. And that's that. And I, I look forward to the break and the, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I'd, I'd, be I'd be dead if it was two games now, because if it was two games now and then a week whilst I was away, I'd be dead. Because we just had this conversation with Shamik actually, because it's just a shame we got to wait a whole week and went, I'm fucking thrilled. I'm thrilled because I, I I can do the pressing tomorrow for this, and then it's five days of wedding, and then I'm ready for next week's game because I've got a day off as well next Sunday. Like as in doing no. Listen, parties. this isn't about the... you, Sorry. okay? I'm thinking about my players' legs. Don't make this about gags tandem and the pressing. My boys have to run their minutes. <laughs> Is, is you there know, any other caller? You, 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 you do know that there's no FA Cup matches in midweek, right? Only if it's only if you get replays. And after the fourth round, there's no replays. I mean, it's all academic now because we're not in. They're no, we're no longer in it. But it's when the Champions yeah. League. No, no. That's that's when, that's when you've got the uh, midweek weekend, midweek weekend. And that's no, no, no. Because what happens is the league games get fucking redone to midweek, man. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's not the FA Cup. The FA Cup gives a gives a pass on to the Premier League. The Premier League then becomes midweek, and that's where it hurts, man. I don't, I get what your point is, but it's the Premier League yeah. that, that they don't care. The Premier League really doesn't care. They I just think Sheree yeah, had a you. point. Sheree wanted to say something. <laughs> not about anything about the game. You are you are worried about 
plays legs right nina going by gags is i'm worried about his legs in five days time <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm going to dance my ass off all week all my legs are going to be fucked i need steve uh, simon bridge steve bridge simon bridge to like sort out like you know some chronic load shit with me <laughs> I, i i was wondering if you guys talked about salah yet then No, we've not got there yet. I've got another question, but go on if you want to discuss Salah. This is like a mishmash of a pod and producing. It's like fucking Russian roulette. What do you want to say I, about? I'm going to go. I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go now, but I just wanted to say the penalty was was venom. Absolute venom. And like after the two last two games where everything's a bit been a bit shit, maybe confidence is a bit so to take and he and also his history with pens is not great. Like, you know, he always miss hits them or whatever, but for him to take it like that like that it was like such a fucking confident pen and it was just like a boost to every supporter like fucking get in that is a penalty and it's kind of like a message as well we ain't going nowhere we're here and we're going to fucking take was, you on was he confident gags when he put the ball on the spot i didn't see that bit i just saw the bit when he put it in <laughs> <laughs> i'd have to ask him as well i wouldn't know <laughs> i was shitting it <laughs> oh you were shitting it oh yeah me i was shitting it as well I was thinking I'm talking about I'm thinking about Mona. It's that one time you're looking around the pitch for James Milner you're like where the fuck are you nobody messing you know yeah. <laughs> No um I think I think you're right it was good for him to um of course get the penalty and score but Shri I'm going to come to you first on this one um Mosala the penalty I thought he did phenomenal to actually win the penalty to how he's to be away from the goal and then to kind of maneuver himself and trick the defender to get on side of the goal and kind of making the defender leaving him in no other option but to kind of foul him yeah i i i think it it was like you could actually see sala playing only in the second half obviously first half he was literally not there yes. but second half something just turned on not only the penalty, obviously the minute second half started you could immediately see a difference so the penalty immediately came in the second half the five minutes down the line but you could see we started brighter it was almost like liverpool realized they need to play because the tempo was faster because as i said before first half was like a training session we just kept the ball passing from one i'm going to confess something to you uh, first time ever i've watched liverpool all season and i felt snoozy i actually slept off i don't blame you i i thought about it i was like i dozed off literally and got up because obviously there was so the stream just stopped so i got up actually and then i i started again and then second half though we played really well and salah not only the penalty he was playing really well in the second half he dropped slightly deeper in the second half he made some intelligent like uh, he tried a lot of one twos he he won the ball there was one moment where his control and his passing was so i i don't recollect when it exactly happened but uh, he played really well in the second half i think i think he was the difference maker for us not only because he scored the penalty but he actually looked like the player player we know of mm. so i think key key difference maker this game surely absolutely you know what shri um we could totally just bullshit you and say liverpool were phenomenal in the first half and you missed it all and you won't be none the wise and i could throw you a lot of analysis and questions regarding the first half now and throw you under the bus for snoozing in the first half even though i thought about it no, you actually no. did it whatever you ask i could say uh, henderson had 680 touches and the ball totally travel 1 meter i could say something like that and get away and you should you should definitely get him he was mean to you last night and he was mean He was horrible, wasn't he? 
Really? Actually, you know what? To be fair, he diversified my palate yesterday. He recommended me some good dishes and I ate them. So, you know what? He redeemed himself. Kuzi, I'm going to come to you because I think Shri was definitely onto something there. It was a, quite a stark performance from his first half to the second. It felt like he was less... I felt like he, he was almost put into a bit of a pigeonhole in the first half. First half looked like he was up front, through the middle, mm. trying, to chase, trying to chase long balls over his head like for the majority of the half. And um, he was hardly getting anything. Um, and um, his movement, like, you know, usually he will sort of move from left to right or, from, or, or the other way around and drop deep or what have you. There wasn't really much of that in the first half. And um, he hardly had any touches. So his impact was minimal, really. Second half, I noticed he dropped a lot deeper. Um, sometimes he was in, like dropping into the centre circle and receiving the ball there. His dribbling was outstanding today. Like, mm. It was like a messy type performance where... You know, you see Barcelona having an ordinary game and then he just decides he's going to try and win it for the. And it was a similar type of performance, I thought, from, from Mo. He gave me a heart attack when he missed that it. chance, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, for 2 0. If, yes. if, if he'd have made it. Yeah, that was, that was a bad miss. And it was, I was, it was a shocking miss because he just, you know, I just thought he'd just, he'd, he'd score it easily. Um, the bit of skill to win the penalty was fantastic. It was, it was mm-hmm. vintage, you know, yeah. close control and, and, and movement and skill. And um, Stonewall penalty, really. There, there won't be any sort of talk in the media about diving for that one. Um, but yeah, he. Yeah, was, let's he, not forget last season, the softest penalty was awarded at the AMX against Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> but he was definitely the difference maker um, mm-hmm. for this one because the other forward players weren't really, you know, Sadio and, 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 and Bobby and Shakiri didn't have their best games. Um, they're a bit sort of indifferent, all of them in different ways. But yeah, Mo was, was the man today. Um, so yeah, um, he, he definitely a difference maker. Absolutely, and we'll probably discuss him at the front men. But Gads, I'm going to bring you back in. You've heard what the lads have said. Um, uh, your response, and then we can wish you a safe flight. Yeah, not much for no arguments really from me. Um, you, you guys, uh, thank you for for giving me some uh, company. Really, I'm flying alone, but I don't feel alone today. So yeah, you never walk alone. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. It's perfect. You win. You're flying. Happy days. Well, Gags, enjoy your holiday um, uh, and we will speak to you soon. Thank you. I'll be listening in just now until life flies. So uh, okay. good luck with the rest of the show. Let's Cheers. slag him off, people. Write all your mean comments about Gags handing in the chat, people. I will read them out. Best ones. Righty-ho. Well, Gags, he's off. Right. So... Cousy, you kind of touched on the strikers there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come to both of you, and we're gonna have a discussion. Uh, I felt like it. For me, um, I felt the front three really did frustrate, or should I say, the front, you know, like in terms of Shakiri, Marnie, and Firmino in the first half. But I think that was largely down to the fact that how well. And you've got to give Brighton a lot of credit. They were so disciplined. They they set up so defensive. And, you know, they, they kind of, um, they kind of, and I feel like it was like a systematic thing because I felt like you could talk about this as a whole because I felt like there was definitely more service on, um, Andy Robertson's side as opposed to Trent Alexander Arnold, which meant that, you know, uh, the service was being cut off. The midfield was a little samey, samey in Ginny Wanyaldum and Jordan Henson in the first half. So what happened was we resorted in playing kind of a long ball. Either we were too slow and passive on the ball, so the front men couldn't really be their quick, speedy, reactionary kind of forwards that they are. And the long balls, Brighton are a, a monster, giant team. 
they're going to win those all day, every day. And I felt like those were the things that were frustrating and annoying with regards to the front three, which certainly did not help matters. I don't know if you agree or disagree. And uh, Shreya, I come to you first. <laughs> yeah, I think Shamik mentioned in the chat as well of Trent talking post-game about Brighton cutting out the passing lanes. And I quite felt like that we... It's not like we wanted to do it, but I think I think they set up really well in terms of how they lined up. In uh, they literally played a four-six-zero in defense. Yeah, Murray was there, but he was just there. I think they were well spread out. They allowed Fabinho Henderson to have the ball, so Fabinho Henderson stepped out literally to. So basically, it was like a half half field match, you could say, because obviously the ball was in the Brighton half alone. But they allowed Liverpool to have the ball in non-threatening areas, and obviously. That allowed Brighton to play far more deeper, which meant that more bodies when Liverpool would attack. And we, our st- as we discussed a lot of times, Nina, our strength has been the wing play because obviously before we have gone through much to the middle and just got choked out where opposition just puts eight players in the mid- middle of the pitch. So obviously wing play has been the difference. But I think Trent not being fit also ensured we had to go much where Robertson rather than an equal spread, which which basically led to the imbalance. I think I think first half it was almost like I don't know why, but it almost felt like Liverpool didn't want to concede. They were happy not to score as well, but maybe that was not the intention. But that's what it came through. Like we were happy for it to be zero zero and then contested out in the second half. And what about yourself, Emma? Because he, uh, uh, you know, do, do you think those are some of the contributing factors to maybe why the front three may have been a little frustrating to watch in, in the first half or or would yeah. you say it was something else? No, I, I agree. I mean, you, you both touched on some really good points there as as to why that might be the case. I mean, I didn't think they played great even when they had the the, the little opportunities they did have in the, in the first half. Um, but there was definitely some contributing factors. I mean, it took a long, long time before we were able to actually get any sort of decent possession in their half a lot of it it's like first 50 minutes or so a lot of the times we were just in our own half passing the ball around amongst our um central midfielders and and our and our def- and our defense um and the front three was hardly getting a kick um in those sort of, sort of first few minutes um but as 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 i think you mentioned um nina um, we, we started to get some some things going down the left with with um sadio and and robo um mm. And Sadio was 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 a frustrating me on a number of times because he made some bad decisions, and there were times when I thought he was a bit conservative on the ball, like where he could could have attacked his fullback and decided to instead sort of stop on the ball and then pass it sideways. Um, you know, um, Shakiri struggled to get into it a bit, like the performance at Wolves in the FA Cup. Mm. Struggled. Do you think some it. of the bad decisions were down to maybe the desperation of winning as well? I mean, obviously, I've never played football on. On, you know, I'm not a professional footballer. I don't think any of us are. But like, you know, this need to win, um, kind of sometimes in that, and you've had like a loss in, and there's a lot of pressure on you to win, and you've got the pressure of trying to maintain some kind of healthy lead on top of the league, and it was just sort of that whole pressure kind of forcing the bad judgments. It could be. It could be, especially you know, with with because I think almost trying too hard. Yeah, a lot of the team made bad decisions in that first half, especially the long balls um, up, up yes. from, from the back through the middle. I mean, there's no way Moore's going to get on the end of those. No. Um, so you're forcing it, aren't you? And maybe that might be a, a pressure situation. Um, but with Sadio, though, I just think he, he's a bit hit and miss of his decision-making 
at the best of times. Don't get me wrong. I think he's brilliant, but you know, he's not, you know, the most, you know, cool person under pressure when, it, when it, in terms of, you know, making the right decision, making the right pass and that sort of thing. It's just the nature of, of, of how he is in his game, you know? Um, but, um, but yeah, but se- second half, they, they looked a lot better. Um, yes. Well, especially after the goal, obviously you have more space to play and, and then, you know, you give these guys mm-hmm. space and, they, and they'll kill you. Um, but um, yeah, I mentioned earlier with, with Mo's, um sort of his, his ability to drop deep and get on the board and make things happen. If if it wasn't for that, it would have been a long day for us because those, those other three that, that we're talking about, they weren't, they weren't brilliant. It wasn't, it was an off day for them today. They weren't, they, they weren't at their best. No, they weren't. And you're speaking about the long balls. And uh, I think there was a, an instance, First half where Shakiri won the header or something, and now that the shortest man actually won a header, like literally whiskers away. But um, um, that kind of made me laugh a little. I was like, "Oh, trust it to fall foot to the smallest guy." And um, whilst we're here, um, uh, yep, um, uh, I think we've got to maybe talk about a little about Roberto Firmino before we move on to the defense because I do have a really good question there from Rowan, which I will come to. Um, guys, talk to me about Roberto Firmino. Shri, I'm going to come to you because I felt like in the second half, he seemed to... First of all, I kind of noticed he was doing a lot of Lallana turns on himself. He was turning in on himself all the time. He had got the ball. He kept doing this crazy turn. I was like, you're literally wasting space. We need to be quick. We need to be fast. There are so many men behind that ball. You need to play that sharp, precise pass, which you do because you are the smartest man on that pitch when it comes to passing the ball. I felt like you were kind of delaying and that was frustrating me a little. But in the second half, I felt like there was a bit of a difference in his performance in the sense that I felt like he was doing a lot of cleaning up work. So if there was a loose ball outside the penalty area, their penalty area, he was trying to clean it up and sort of regain possession and sort of play the ball. Um, so, Shri, I'll come to you first. Yeah, again, it was not his best game by any stretch no. of imagination at all. But yeah, second half, it was almost like since... It felt like the front three, because they weren't involved in the first half, they decided to take it upon themselves and they played a bit deeper to get more involved. And that's why if you see Firmino won a lot of balls like just ahead of the midfield he, or he did the cleanup job and all. He was far more influential or in, not influential is not the right word. Involved in the game mm. in the second half, but obviously nowhere near the Firmino we know. As you said, he held up the ball too far off and his decision making wasn't the brightest. Uh, so... Not a great game, quite quite not good there yet. And I, I think Kazi has said enough about Sadio. I think I think he's he's one of the most frustrating players to watch. Where it almost reminds him this spell. But where he, he just needs a second though, doesn't he? He's one of them players that he can have an absolute thinker, but he'll score a goal. <laughs> yeah, that's why this, this reminds me about how he played at Southampton, <laughs> where he would be awful to watch, and then suddenly bang, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah. score one, score two. He, he's frustrating to watch. He, he, this reminds me of his... That, see, obviously, when when the stats come up, when obviously the stats when comes up, his numbers are great off the charts. I get that. But when you watch the game, he's one of the most frustrating players you can watch. It's like he looks so ragged on the ball. You have no idea what he's going to do. I'm not even sure whether he knows what he wants to do. At least that's the feeling it comes across. And at least the last two, three games, it's reminded me of his... That barren spell he had at Southampton, it's just that here he's scoring one nod here and there. But the way he's playing reminds me about that Southampton spell. Hmm, interesting. Okay, um, Kuzi, I'll come to you regarding uh, Roberto Firmino and then I think we've done with strikers and elsewhere. Um, I'm trying to keep it. I think 
we've all hit the nail on the head. And I think Gags, you know, made a strong point that today was just about the three points. Winning ugly, winning anyhow, just win again. So um, your your thoughts on Roberto Firmino's performance? Did you notice a difference from his first and second? Granted, it wasn't the best Roberto Firmino performance that we 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 kind of are accustomed to, but I did feel like there was a little up, an upshift in trajectory in terms of what he delivered in the second half as opposed to the first. He looked a threat in the second half. And mm. like he might create something or, or get on the end of something because I thought he was. I just had a feeling he was going to score. Um, sort of the way he was playing in that, in that second half. Whereas in the first half, nothing was really happening. Um, so from that perspective, um, definitely would, there was an upward, sh- you know, um, shift in his performance level. I wasn't sure if his position had changed. Um, uh, the commentators were saying that uh, we went more to a sort of four-three-three shape in 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 the in the second half. Um, but I wasn't sure. Um, he, he he still looked like he was sort of picking up the ball in, in the same in the same areas, but he just looked like he had a bit more space, and um, he was doing a lot better things with it. And also, he was I think he was winning the ball back um, a lot better as well. Um, maybe Brighton had a bit more possession in the second half, and he was able to sort of exploit that and win the ball back. But um, yeah, um, he's he, he's he's had a he's had a bit of a strange season um, for me in a way. In in some games, he's looked you know sort of off the pace and a bit anonymous. And in other games, he's he's looked he'd look like his usual self. Um, and today was a bit of a sort of a, a, a sort of a mixture, a combination of the two, where he's a bit anonymous. Not great on the ball in the in the in the first half, and in the second mm. half, he was a bit more not not vintage performance, but a bit more like himself. Second half, yeah, I I think that's pretty much fair. Okay, so we're going to go on to Rowan's question, and Cluzy, I'm going to stick with you. He wants to get your thoughts while the panels that come first on what did you make of uh, the defensive duo of the two generals in our team in Fabinho and Virgil Van Dijk. He um. The comments are, you know, we absolutely love Fabinho. We would love him in the midfield, but um, uh, he had a bit of a solid performance. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, Van Dyke is usual, um, commanding self, really good. Didn't put a foot wrong as usual. And you just, you just can't when the ball's anywhere near him. Um, Fabinho was good, apart from when the ball was going over his shoulder, over, over his head. I, I kept thinking that um, he was losing his, his man. Um, there was a few times where he lost his man, but every time that happened, uh, we was tended to catch them offside. So mm. I know the commentary was sort of criticising him a couple, a couple of times, and it looks it looks bad when when you leave someone completely unmarked. But then when they get flagged for offside, then then that that, that doesn't that mean you've done your job? So um, yeah, um, I prefer him in midfield, obviously, um, but you know he did a job, um, and. You know, Brighton are a difficult team to play, especially when they go direct, and they started to go direct quite a bit in the in the sort of the latter stages. Mm. And he did well; he did do a good job. You can't really, you know, sort of considering it's his natural position as well. You know, come on, exactly, exactly. You know, and you can't pick out a lot of things that he's done badly. I mean, a lot of our, you know, specialist centre backs make lots of mistakes, as (laughs) as we know. So. I'm not going to pick him apart for you know being out of position on a, a couple of occasions, and he did make that one key block um, in the second half as well, where I was I, I thought they're going to get a shot on goal, and he, and he blocked it, so that was really good. So um, he's done a good job as you know stepping in and doing a job um, during our sort of mini crisis at the back there. Can't really can't really have too many complaints. For sure. Um, I, again, I, I have zero qualms about him. I thought he, he did, you know, pretty well. I mean, Shri, what is it about Liverpool and going 
Amex and playing makeshift defenders at the back. We played um, three midfielders in the back, I believe, last season, if my memory serves me correctly, or was it two? I can't remember. I think it was Emery Janicini when he held him. Yes, that's yeah. it, too. And, of course, Fabinho today. So I want to get your thoughts on his performance today. He he did really well at being the sort of leader against Wolverhampton, in my opinion. I thought he had a pretty decent game, but today he was playing with Virgil van Dijk. Your, your thoughts? Do you agree with Kuzi? Yeah, I think I think... Kazimid, the most important part, I think, is positional awareness in terms of diagonals isn't the greatest. Mm. Maybe because in centre midfield, if you're you're not expecting to handle diagonal balls. So maybe because there was one where Mare got away from him, had time to chest the ball, control it and try to shoot. I mean, okay, letting him get off is one, but you don't allow a striker in the box to chest the ball, get it to his foot and shoot. So obviously, I think Kazi was also talking about that. So Apart from that, I think it's okay, but let's just, the best way of saying it is let's just hope this is the last of it. For sure. And they got away with a clean sheet as well. You know, absolutely. Take the positives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah, take the absolute positives. And oh. I, I, th- I, I think it just helps that because we dominated so much position, it helped having Virgil and Fabinho at the back because both can pass the ball really well. So it at least helped us keep going and keep trying. At least. I think that was the only good point because. We had people who could pass the ball all across the pitch. So that was helpful. For sure, for sure. Okay, guys, um, we're going to move on to the midfield. Shri, I want to get your thoughts on this. Because I felt like the midfield really frustrated the bejesus at me in the first half. Them two just looked really samey, didn't work. It was, everything was just, it just felt like there wasn't a smooth transition. And it was kind of holding up. And, um, you know, they weren't really helping or aiding the front, you know, the attackers. And I felt like when we kind of, and Cousy touched on this, but when we scored the penalty, the game opened up. So they had to attack. That was their plan B. Um, and of course, that's when they became more threatening. But I felt like in the second half, I felt like, I don't know, I felt like Jordan Henderson kind of moved into a more of like an advanced role. And Ginny Winnie was doing a really good job at sort of cleaning up in the second half. Again, I, I'm not going to say they were brilliant, but I felt like they had the better second half again. Yeah, the first, as I said, first half was like a training demo, you could say. It, it almost felt like you had a free, empty highway, but you chose to drive at 30 kilometers per hour continuously. That's how it felt. It was like no action, nothing, the constant. You, when you drive at 30, you'll just this, hear this constant hum, right? You'll have no idea and it will just frustrate the hell out of you. And that's what it felt like. No action, nothing. Get the ball, pass the ball. Get the ball, pass the ball. We didn't try anything. We didn't want to try anything. It, it was, it was maddening to watch that first stuff. And what about yourself, Cozy? Did you notice again? I'm talking about the game of two halves. Um, what did you make of the midfield? And I thought as well, maybe the inclusion of maybe James Miller kind of. I don't know, maybe made the likes of maybe a Jordan Henson feel a bit more comfortable because I think we kind of know that he doesn't enjoy playing in a two or, you know, it's not his most comfortable. It isn't. I've started with the, with the positives and I thought towards, you mentioned it yourself after after the um, after we scored and it freed up a bit of space. And you also mentioned Henderson looked as if he was playing a bit more advanced in that part of the game. Mm. And I agree. And... Um, I think Hendo is a better, but it looks to me anyway, a better player when he's in that position or he sort of has that role where he's looking to be a bit more front foot. 
and you know do sort of positive things with the ball. Like there was one particular um, moment in the game where he played a brilliant through ball between like, three Brighton players. I can't remember who the through ball was to. Might have been Mane or or Salah. Um, and then we had a chance to um, to get a shot on target for, from that. And um, you know it was just sort of a little example of of what he used to do when he played that position. You know it seems like ages ago now. Um, that sort of you know more sort of box to box role where he could do where he he'd do more positive things on the ball. And and for a time he looked this a lot better uh, you know in that part of the game. Um, but in the second half, as as Sri was talking about. Um, him and Ginny were both equally driving me up the wall. Um, mm. And it looked as if it was by instruction because at no point was there any urgency to even get the ball forward. They were getting the ball off to defenders, having a look, passing it back to the defender, getting it back again, mm. having another look. And Ginny does, Ginny does this thing where he receives it and he has a think, he has another think, and then another think. He's going to pass it forward. No, changes his mind and he passes it backwards. And it absolutely drives me crazy. It's fine when you're playing against a, you know, a, a really top side and you, you're leading 1-0 or something and you just want someone to put their foot on the ball and control the game and, and calm it down. But when you're, when you're sort of the, the team expected to sort of press and get the goal um, and you're not, you're not yet winning the match, and he does that. It does. It does annoy me. <laughs> I do. I do find it annoying. And when him and Hendo is, is doing sort of a similar job in the team like that, um, yeah, it can get very, very frustrating. Um, and at the time, I was sort of lamenting the fact that that Keita wasn't playing. So um, yeah, so frustrating for a lot of the for a lot of the game. But then after we got the goal and it freed up a bit of space, we were in the lead, and we weren't really sort of needing to press. Um, then I was a bit more comfortable with the way that that midfield was set up, you know, but um, it's a combination that I, it's not my favourite, I must say. No, and um, it's it's not one that, you know, fills many people with confidence. I think Gags has spoken many times and so many people have spoken that that combination does not work away from home. And then, of course, you know, so the the midfield combination of the three of James Milner, Jordan Henson, Ginny Wijnaldum, but, you know, it held up. And actually, when James Milner did come on, you're right, it did kind of free up. Jordan Henderson, um, you know, I just felt like he probably felt more comfortable knowing that there were two midfielders behind him so he could have that sort of free role. Shri, did you want to say something? Yeah, I think, Nina, I think in the second half, there was also one moment where Hendo even got into the box and had a header attempt, I think, which was mm. blocked, I think. So, I think, as Kazi said, I think second half, he was far more involved in attack and I think mm. that clearly suits him. And uh, again, see, for all the complaints, we can't blame blame him. We know his strengths. We have chosen not to allow him to express his strengths. So you can't blame the guy. He's trying what he's been told to do. That's it. No, for sure, absolutely. And you know what, guys? I think we're pretty much pretty much done. But because uh, you kind of spoke about Nabi Keita, then you know, we we kind of. I feel like he's a player that's maybe had a lot of heat this week. Um, I feel like after the exit from the FA Cup, you know, people are sort of questioning him. Is he good enough? When when can we start questioning Naby Keita? You know, I don't think he's had an awful run. You know, like he's not had a consistent run of games. He's, you know, been riddled with injuries. I think he's probably not quite settled in yet as well. You know, all those factors considered. And it certainly doesn't help when Jurgen Klopp kind of throws him on for like the last two minutes. In my opinion, yeah, um, I know. I, I wanted him to start, but then he comes on um, in not the maybe not the easiest. He loses the ball, doesn't he, in the midfield? I he remember that. The ball, mm. And you're like head in hands, <laughs> uh, 
Um, and and then, I mean, you want him to be confident. You don't want to sort of because his strength is is dribbling, right? Yeah, it's one of his strengths anyway. And you don't want to take that out of his game. But you know, there's scenarios and circumstances where probably is not the best time to do that. You know, and um, that could easily have thrown away points there. And how many times have we been in a position like that and we've chucked away the points because someone's made an error like that? Um, yeah. And then another time in the, and this is probably, this might be a bit harsh, but with about 20 seconds left of stoppage time, um, Trent was running, looked like he was running towards the corner flag and um, gave the ball to Naby. And I thought that two of them would just go to the corner flag and play a bit of keep ball until, until the ref blew his whistle. Instead, he cut inside and he played a pass to Divock um, in the penalty area who lost the ball and then they get the ball and then they just launch it up up field and I was absolutely tearing what little hair I have left out. I couldn't <laughs> believe that we just we actually gave up possession there. But it didn't matter because the ref blew just blew the whistle anyway, so it didn't really matter. But um yeah. Um and I don't I don't know what it is because he's he's super talented. We know that. Um you know you only have, have to look at his performances uh, you know in his previous club to know how good he is. And when he first his first few matches um, away at Spurs, he was excellent. Um, he was very good for West the Ham. opening game against West Ham. Actually, I yeah. think I, I think I had you on, Chloe. I'm not sure, but I remember it was actually praising the midfield of him, Ginny Wijnaldum, and James Milner. They were fantastic. All three of them were mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, they were they were brilliant. And at that part of the season, the front three weren't all that, if you remember, mm-hmm. um, which was a funny sort of flip flop from last season, where the defense yeah. was solid, the midfield was good, but the front the front three looked dodgy. Um, and yeah, they were fantastic. He was he was brilliant. But then, I think was it from the Napoli game, or maybe even before that, where yeah, he picked up that injury against Napoli away, right? Yeah, and he had a he had a nightmare in the game before he got injured. Like, he was playing really badly, and then he got injured, and then mm-hmm. since then. He's not really hit the heights since then. So the talent is there, man. We all, we, we all know it. Um, it's just, we just want to see it. <laughs> no, you know, and, and I think that's fair. Yeah, Absolutely. He's probably going to need to run in the side to see it. Yeah, yeah, he does regularly need to play. I mean, Shree, anything to add to that? Your thoughts on Naby Keita? Because I feel like he, he's the new player that is getting a lot of stick. You know, um, I, I saw it a lot on social media, actually, after the Wolves game. And um, it's kind of upsetting because I just think to myself, like, for all the reasons that Cuzzy's highlighted there, you know, there was talent, there was everything. And is there just so much expectation on this lad's shoulders because we've had to wait a whole season, you know, to see him in a Liverpool shirt and then he starts off good and then, you know, he kind of dips a little and then becomes injured and then he's kind of struggling with form and fitness. Yeah, I, I think it was just plain wrong substitution to make. Why would you get Keita on? We, we were ahead in the game. We didn't need anything in the attacking sense. His greatest strength is, as Kazi said, is to dribble. So he's going to try. You needed someone who doesn't dribble. You needed basically another Henderson coming in at that point of time. Just keep the ball. Don't do anything stupid. Because the two exam moments, I feel like, why the hell is he on here? I, I'm like, one, he gave the ball away. Second is what? Uh, because I thought exactly the same. Trent makes the overlapping run to the corner. I'm like, give it to Trent. Take it to the corner post. They're going to concede a throw-in or a corner. Again, keep the ball at the corner. Game is done. It's done and dusted. I mean, Klopp, we have criticized him a lot. But last 10 minutes, they were totally going long ball. Why didn't he do his patented substitution of getting Matip on? Get the tall guy in. Put even if three at the back, five at the back, I don't care. Yeah, 
they're just going for the long diagonals winning the second ball that's what they were trying to do get matipon what was the point of getting kita on i i still don't get it we needed nothing from the game at that time, point of time from kita yeah it wasn't like he's going to you know have enough time to kind of um play you know play back into um uh, into like a positive mindset. It was just a small time, but maybe he didn't want to play Matip because isn't there like some weird stat that when Matip comes on, um, we concede? Wasn't there some weird stat? <laughs> I think there is. I don't know the stat, but just... just, just Rohan has just, confirmed just, that there was just some... Just memory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been confirmed. Memory. Every time he comes on, we concede. <laughs> Okay, but, guys, I think... Um, sorry, Chrissy, carry on. No, sorry, I was just going to say, just, just, from, just from remembering, just, without any stats in front of me, a lot, there's been a lot of times where he's come off the bench and we've conceded and mm. then struggled to regain the momentum to, to go ahead and, and actually win the game again. So, um, But I, I don't have the numbers. But um, I, I do find it funny that you, you put, and quite ironically, you put on a centre-back to shore up, shore up the game and then every time you do so, you concede anyway. <laughs> it's the most Liverpool thing, right? Okay, guys, um, we, we are pretty much coming to the end. But you know what? Jamsol has just put in put something in the chat. And I feel like we need to discuss this. He he thinks the ref was a joke. He really didn't want to give the pen. He was also looking straight at the foul on VVD in the penalty box on, on the corner. I mean, yet... Yeah, I thought Virgil van Dijk, that was a penalty on him. But for me, um, I didn't notice the fact that he was hesitant to give a penalty. And I also felt like, for starters, I don't think he, he dished out any bookings. I actually thought he was a little harsh on Brighton and sometimes a little bit favourable to us. I mean, I want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, do you agree with um, Jam Sol or what are your thoughts on the ref? Because the home crowd really hated him. <laughs> Kevin Friend. Shri? Yeah, I think I think he's one of those refs where he totally goes against his name everywhere, whichever game he refs. <laughs> yeah. it's like it's he's always the enemy to the home team, away team. It's like not even one team is happy. It's like even the winning team has something to say, and it, I've noticed it. It happens a lot too when it comes to Kevin Friend. I have no reason why it's happened a lot to us when he's ref against and he doesn't give us anything literally. And this, I was like quite surprised. I'm like, which Kevin friend has turned up today? He's like, he's given everything. And some of them were actual fouls. There's no debating. But some of the refereeing was horrible, downright. It was horrible for Brighton. It was horrible mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. And the Virgil van Dijk, there, I, I would say it was far more of a contact than what it was for Salah. Mm-hmm. And if Salah's one is a penalty, that was a definite penalty. Yeah, for sure. And Kuzi, what about you? What are your thoughts on the referee? I'm la- I'm laughing because um, the Brighton crowd were well pissed off with him. Yeah, <laughs> and it was felt fun. Were they calling him a wanker or something? I'm sure I heard them chant wanker, wanker. Oh dear! And he's been to Anfield and done exactly the same fucking thing. He's, yeah. he's come to Anfield and given the opposition everything. I thought he gave us most of the decisions today. Like even the, mm-hmm. like free kicks that didn't really look like free kicks. He gave them to us. Um, throw-ins that looked like they were fifty-fifty. We got them. Uh, you know those fifty-fifty throw-ins where the linesman mm-hmm. keeps his flag down, doesn't even the linesman doesn't even help him out. He just like, yeah, all right, Liverpool ball, you you have it. And, and a corner faces, when it didn't come off, it it came yeah, off Salah exactly. and Bomb got yeah, dumped yeah, that and he pissed off. There. Yeah. And some of the faces of the Brighton players were just were did sort of amuse me, and they were incredulous. And some of the time, um, so apart from that penalty, um, the sort of the um, the hold on on Van Dyke in the box, I did think that was a pen. 
they're not usually given, but it looked it looked a foul to me. Um, and we've had, I think we've seen penalties given for far less. Um, but I didn't notice the hesitation with our penalty, though. I didn't. Yeah, because usually when one of our players goes down, I, I instantly look at the ref and he just points <laughs> to the spot. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what, um, Jam, we're going we're going to watch the replays on that because, um, yeah, you know, have to watch that again. yeah, we're, we're going to have to watch that again. Okay, guys, I think we've discussed all the game. We even discussed the subs and the refs. I think we're just relieved that it's three points in 2019. Let's kick that off seven points again. Any final thoughts on the game before we close this pod off, lads? Um, uh, Shri, I will come to you first on this one. Nothing much. I think, as I said, one game lesser to play, three points lesser to compete against. Just keep staying in the lead, keep the pressure on. And I think five games in six weeks is going to be the deciding factor. If we win all five, obviously, it takes us far more closer. At the end of five, if you're still four points ahead, that's that's a huge thing. That's I think we just need to keep the pressure on. Yep. I think that's fair. What about yourself, Cozy? Anything you want to say about the game? Anything? Let's just get closure on it. I mean, you don't really need much closure to win, but your no, thoughts? Same, same, same for me, really. Just relieved to have won. Just tick mm. another, tick another game off. Another clean sheet. Um, defensive record is still fantastic. Um, you know, um, seven points clear. So City, all the all to do now. Um, and um, yeah, we looked at. I mean, Gags mentioned the five fixtures and, and Shri has as well just just now. And we've ticked off one of them now, so there's four four more until the um, until the Champions League starts again. And if we win the four games, I know that's that's sort of you know getting a bit ahead of ourselves. But if we were to win those four games, we'd have the same points as City had at this stage last season. And if we remember how you know we're all saying that you know the best team since that we've ever seen, or at least statistically the best team we've ever seen. We have an opportunity to actually have the same points in the same games if we win the next four, which are all winnable. Obviously, we're going to be one game at a time, but they are winnable. Um, so yeah, we are. It, it's it's a you know it's an unprecedented season for us. It's, it's fantastic, and um, sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that because you know the potential of City. Um, we know they can reel off wins, and we know you know nothing's in the bag yet. But this is a historic season for Liverpool so far. So um, we need to sort of keep that in mind sometimes. For sure. And my takeaway from uh, that game was it was actually um, to kind of answer Rakesh's uh, question as well that he's put in there. He's, um, uh, he goes, thoughts on my tip. Should he come back in for the next game? Um, lads, I'll let you jump in on this one as well. Um, for me, one of the positives was actually seeing Matip on the subs bench, which means that he is much closer to fitness. And I think next game he does play. If he passes all the fitness tests, of, of course, you know, that would make complete sense. And then hopefully that would mean Fabinho moves into the midfield, you know, needs to be. Um, I'd say if he's on the bench, um, he's much closer to playing the next game. Am I right, guys? Yeah, definitely. He should, yeah. He should have a week's full training and then, yeah, he should, start, he should be starting against Palace. Yeah. Shriek, would you agree? 100%. He, he spent, he already Klopp said he's more realistic target is for the Palace game. So I think, yeah, he's definitely in, provided nothing happens. Cool. Okay. So um, a massive, I think we're done with them. Um, with discussing Brighton, um, it was a tough game, but you know what? Three points. So we're very happy. We're relieved. Um, I've got a big, give a big shout out to my callers, Shamik and Gags, you know, by hook or crook, he got into this podcast. A massive thank you to you awesome people who joined us live, who've, uh, who've, you know, helped sort of angle this show and give us, giving me talking points and my panel as well. A massive thank you to both 
Cuzzy and Shree, but before I let them go, it's plugs time. So, Cuzzy, I'm going to come to you. Are you working on anything? Can we hear you on more pods? Because the world is a better place when you're on pods. <laughs> Thank you. Definitely more pods. Um, good. You know, just give me a shout when you when you when you need me. Really, um, you need that good luck charm. Yeah, I we want to win the league, so you know what? What you're doing from now <laughs> till <laughs> let's just I mean, pencil just you in for all of them. Put me up. Put me up till May. Um, yeah. And um, other than that, not really working on any articles as such. I'm still plugging away on, on the novel that I'm writing. Um, it's a slog, but it's still moving, although slowly. And um, yeah, just keep myself busy with that, really. Any movement is good movement. And best of luck with that. And we will definitely be getting you on more pods. And to follow Cuzzy, you can follow him on Twitter. Cuzzy, what's your Twitter handle? Because I'm terrible at Twitter handles. Eight, at, sorry, eight, at jcuzzy1 at j cozy one so get following he is awesome and what about yourself any plus anything you're working on and where can people find you on twitter yeah so after this part i'm off to write my post match article so i'm usually you will usually find my articles immediately after the game i use the usually write the key observations after the game so that's the piece i usually work on every week or most of the week so uh, that's that's pretty much it and also you can find uh, find me part of the fantasy Premier League podcast, so uh, we run the show. It's almost at a bi-weekly. We once in two weeks we have a podcast talking about FPL. So if any of you FPL fan, fans obviously are, are listening in, please do tune into that show as well. And you can find me on Twitter at Shrikan Bala. Follow both of these lads. They're awesome. For my part, thank you so much for listening. Keep it locked on AI. Do check out AI Pro. There is a seven-day free trial. There is some awesome content. Join us on Discord as well. I don't have all the details on how you join and set up, but harass Gags at Gags Tandon. He has all the answers. Thank you so much for listening live. Really appreciate it. Love doing the live show again. It's great that we're winning again. I only had one blip of one loss, so the winning streak on the live shows is amazing. I hope you enjoy the win. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we're, we're trying to be as positive because it's all about three points today. That's what matters. So till next time, we want to win that league. Till next time, I will catch you in my next episode and up the Reds. Podcast Network.